Hello, everybody. This is Bart Sharp with Becoming Quantum Conscious. And once again, the 30-second little countdown did not happen. Uh, I could count to 30, but y'all would all be bored with that. So we'll just say this is Bart Sharp and Becoming Quantum Conscious. And you are at United Public Radio and UFO Paranormal Radio at 107.7 and 105.3, broadcasting out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, but also on the UPRN website and also on Roku, Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, uh, and other uh, internet platforms. So we're all over the place, whether you're listening at night or uh, in the morning or in the afternoon, we just wish you all hello and and the best uh in this uh january day in this new year new beginnings and uh as we were told last week by guest karina chrysler and astrological predictions of 2024 which was really a great show if you missed it you can catch it on youtube on uh the uprn archives however the message that i got from that is you are what you make it in 2024. And so be forthright in your dreams and putting in them through action and deal with your stuff that always sabotages you, which is always good advice. And today we are working or having as a guest, Tina, Tina Kenny Clark, who helps you get rid of a lot of that sabotaging stuff by uh, leading uh, people into spirit journeys, shamanism, into the other worlds. And so, Tina, welcome to the show today. Hey, Bart. I'm so happy to be here and to be talking with you today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've been doing shamanistic work for quite some time now. Almost 10 years. Wow. And yeah, over 90 shamanic journeys and soul retrievals for myself and clients and friends. So I've done quite a bit of journeying. Yes, yes. It sure does put the changes in you. Uh, we're both in that shaman community. And there's so many people in the uh, what I call shamanistic type of work. But what I really have been impressed with you is you have a new book out um, called uh, Spiritual Journey. Can, can into the Tree, Journeying into the Spirit World. Yes. Spiritual Journeying into the Spirit World. <laughs> uh, and, and it's a great book about all of these stories about how you've done these trips and voyages, so to speak. Uh, and, you know, what really impressed me about it was um, it was all, it was so dreamlike, almost highly symbolic when you went into these uh, journeys. Yeah, so the book I've been working on for about a year and a half, um, it's not published yet, but it's very close. I actually got the final book design today to review. Um, but, yeah, my shamanic journeys are like dreams they're like lucid dreams but i'm awake and i can change and affect things within the journey whereas if you're dreaming overnight i can't do those things if i try to change my dreams and overnight i wake up 
I get kicked out of the dream. So I don't know if you have the, a similar experience. My shamanic work is totally different from that. I mean, it just sounds like you go deep into a, you know, if you were a channel, you would say it would be a, a full body channel. Like you totally, almost like totally leave your body into this deep state. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And and I, I, I kind of would like to start with a, one of these stories from the book to give people ideas. And if you are listening to the show and want to join in on the chat and ask Tina a question, we'd be happy to fill that question. Uh, we just love surprises and uh, interesting, insightful uh, comments and questions. But um, one of the things, you know, that you say about your story is that you, you have a Black Panther traveling with you. Yeah. And so as part of journeying, and the way I teach it to my students as well is I never journey into the spirit world without my power animals. So I have three and one is a black panther, the other is a hawk and the other is a rabbit. And so all three of these animals accompany me before I even enter the spirit world. And they are with me throughout the journey and they return with me to this dimension, and then we depart here. We say our farewells here. Wow. Wow, that's that, that's cool. Um, and uh, so it's um, a relationship that you interact with these beings, uh, not only in the spirit world, but they're kind of a part of you or? Yeah, I think they're aspects of me that are either I want to embody more or are just a part of who I am, but they provide some sort of companionship and protection during the journeys because sometimes mm -hmm. you go to strange places and see strange things and <laughs> it's good to be with a companion, you know, that's there looking out for you, keeping you company. And um, if you do read my book, um, I'm accompanied by all kinds of beings in my journeys, not only my power animals who are always with me, but sometimes angels, archangels, spirit guides, uh, even um, beings like Ganesh or ascended masters like Gandhi show up in my mm -hmm. journey. So I never know who's going to show up. Hmm. And you can actually see these beings like they're just kind of like a part of this dream world that's inside of you. Yeah. So it's it's a, you see, I see everything like I do now in the physical world. I see wow. it in color, full color. I feel it. I feel and I smell. And so I have all of the senses in the spirit world. Wow. Well, that's really deep stuff. Uh, that That's quite a talent because uh, a lot of people do, you know, the, sh the shaman title has appeared <laughs> rampantly throughout, you know, the uh, alternative new age metaphysical communities over the last 15 years. 
and there's so many different ways it's expressed and done, but this is just uh, really amazing. I, I don't meet many that have such visions with that. Uh, that's, that's exceptional um, with that. And just thinking about this, because uh, you really sound like you're going into some really deep realms, like whatever is required of the situation, you know, from the questions you ask when you begin the journey, like we want to solve this issue or we want to explore this certain aspect of a person's life or something more broadcast you're opening yourself to other realities and you're, you don't exactly know where you're going when you start out. No, no, you don't know where you're going to go. And that's the fun part is you're disciplined enough to know what to do, but open and allowing to whatever happens. So it's a good combination of both. Um, I've taught, quite a few students had a shamanic journey and some struggle because they don't have enough discipline. And so they end up kind of floating in the ethers and seeing lights. Well, that's not journeying folks. <laughs> so I always say with intention, intend that you find the path, intend that you find that tree of life, and that you're going to go into it and out of it. So intention and focus is really important as well but then you have to be open to what you see open to who comes forward to help you um yeah so i'm i journey a lot the way a lot of the way that my teacher taught me and my teacher is also my reiki teacher so she and i are very similar in our abilities and we both journey very in a similar manner so her journeys are a lot like mine, I believe. Um, but yeah, I never thought it was really that unique. Actually, I just thought that this is the way I was taught to do it. And that's how I do it. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I find it kind of exceptional. Almost as you say that your teacher taught you a particular path that seemed to activate certain sensory systems in your body and you just go down that path of those sensory systems almost. yeah so i noticed even years before i met my reiki teacher that i would take a lot of meditation mediumship type classes and i was just exploring everything and whenever we did a group meditation, I was always one of those people that saw everything and more and vivid color. And we would come out of that group meditation and share and everybody would be looking at me like, how the heck did you see all that stuff in your meditation? And I said, I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> I guess that wasn't a good enough explanation for them, but they just were dumbfounded that had seen and experienced so much in, in a simple meditation. Mm. Well, I think it's a natural talent in some ways, but it also is getting out of your head. And like you said, trusting. It's something you can't figure out sometimes. It's something you can't intellectually analyze. 
Yeah, and I believe if you have a natural talent at something, it's something that you've worked on in other lifetimes. Um, and I've been told, for example, I connect with the angelic realm very easily. It was one of the first beings that I connected with in my spiritual journey. And uh, I was told I spent many lifetimes trying to perfect that communication. And mm -hmm. that's why I was so good at it now. So, 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 that so it, the angelic realms, you mean the realm of angels? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's another realm called that too. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not pretty. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean the angels and the archangels. I mean, really, the, it was the archangels that showed up first. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was Archangel Gabriel that showed up first. Well, I got to ask, what's that like? I was in shock, Bart. Okay. So picture this. I'm still new to meditation, right? So I had the monkey mind and I couldn't clear my thoughts on my own to meditate. So I was using guided meditations. And as I said, the guided meditations, I could see everything I could, you know, I was doing everything in the meditation. And I did this simple guided meditation to meet my spirit guide. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to meet my spirit guide. I'm going to see what they look like and maybe talk to them. And as he appeared, he kind of was fuzzy at first. And then he was coming forward not walking, you know, floating, floating wow. toward me. And he had dark hair and a, a kind of like a Jesus robe, for a lack of a better description. And he had wings on his back. And the guided meditation lady is talking and she says, well, look at your spirit guide and look at what he looks like and ask him what his name is. And so I asked his name and he said, I'm Gabriel. And my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, do you mean the one in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> and the lady keeps talking and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like I need to pause this because I need, you know, to kind of figure out what's going on here. But he, yeah, he's like, I'm the one in the Bible. It's me. Yeah. I said, <laughs> well, Great. I was just expecting a spirit guide. No offense, spirit guides, because I have a lot of them. But well, uh, I have two questions. One is like, what did it feel like a higher vibrational presence when you were there? Do you feel like something like amazingly different when you're around a presence of someone like Gabriel? Yeah, I I think that I can adjust to their energy frequency pretty easily. So it feels like a personality, a spirit with a personality. Hmm. And over the years, I've come to recognize his personality. So when I call on him, of course, he always shows up and he has this very quiet demeanor kind of always in the background, but always there. But you would compare that to Archangel Michael, who like comes in like, you know, lightning bolt. 
What did you say? He's like that, like a lightning bolt. He just comes in here and he's, it's all like big energy and, you know. Well, he, he doesn't feels... have sword for nothing, you know. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's, that's amazing. Do you think it's changed your life since you've been going into those rooms? I mean, like your vibrational being? I think it has. Um, for some reason, I can go there. I mean, I've, I've been trained in theta healing and theta healing, you have to go up to creator. And I go up to creator all the time and talk to creator. Um, he's not real talkative. But if you if you ask him for a message, he'll give you a quick message. And you know, it's not an ongoing conversation or anything. Like none of these beings are really that talkative. Hmm. Yeah. And they seem to show up from what I understand of what you're saying. I want to clarify this. They show up when they're needed. In other words, if you're going to a maybe a more explosive, I don't want to, or a world where there's a lot more darkness these guys might show up because you need them. Oh yeah. And I do a lot of clearing work. So I always call on Archangel Michael and I just like having him around when I'm dealing with difficult spirits. <laughs> they seem to be, uh, they cooperate better when he's here. You know, if I, was, I end up arguing with them sometimes and he, I, I, I get tired of it and I go, well, Archangel Michael, please come here because I need to do this, this, and he'll show up and they'll just clam up. Wow. So I don't think they realize I can do that, which is kind of funny because I think I already have a reputation in the spirit world for doing certain things. Yes. But they're always testing you. Like they don't believe it and you have to show them and tell them, well, didn't you hear about me? Didn't you know this is what I do? Well, you, you have a certain authority about you. Uh, Tina came on one of my France tours and that's where I met her. <laughs> and she was telling me her, her nickname as a, as a, as a uh, teenager was tough Tina. So <laughs> I didn't see that as an adult woman that that had diminished any by any means, but we were all doing amazing spiritual work, almost like we were all in a past life together uh, doing work. And we just, you know, second day of the tour, we go into a church and everybody gets in a position, but we had not rehearsed this, talked about it but we just went to locations within this church and started activating things. And I'm going, wait, this isn't rehearsed. And it became quite apparent when we were Atlanteans healing stuff. Incidentally, that church, it was uh, for all of you French friends, it was Cubier Sersa Noble, uh, which is real close to the Gorge of Galamuse and Hermitage de Galamuse. But it was a really kind of dirty, dusty church that wasn't taken care of. And Tina and the group made sure that by the time we finished that tour, we had energetically cleansed everything that we could. And the yeah. next year when I returned, that church 
had a caretaker. The mayor seemed to take a real reverence for the church. It was clean, new lighting was put in, and a lot of improvements started, and it's kind of on the upswing. Uh, just interesting how energy work works. With wow, that. I didn't even know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Like the, the paint was peeling off of the ceiling and. Well, that hasn't changed. <laughs> not leaking and it doesn't have this moldy smell in it anymore. It's, it's taken care of and uh, people, there's just some more of a gravitation of people in it. It's amazing. Nice. It's not one that people um, go too much uh, that are, that are friend, that are touring the Mary Magdalene site, so to speak. You mentioned earlier um, about monkey mind. And, and, and for people who do not know, and by the way, if you have a question for Tina, please uh, type it in on the chat or just say hi. Uh, and this is Tina Kenny Clark, author of uh, Into Spirit the Tree, Early. Journey to the Spirit World. Yeah. Why am I getting stuck on that? Uh, so we are interviewing and she has a second book, uh, Mental. Uh, Holistic Mental Health, Volume 2. Thank you. Uh, and uh, that sounds like a really interesting title. Um, but you're talking about the monkey mind. And uh, could you give any the, the listeners advice on how they can uh, reduce their monkey mind? Yeah, monkey mind means that you're just allowing your thoughts to kind of rule the show. They're telling you what to do, telling you what to feel. Um, you're reacting to it without managing it or controlling it at all. And um, one practice that's really effective for monkey mind is practicing mindfulness, which is just really focusing on what you're actually doing in the moment or feeling in the moment or using all your senses and focusing on the moment. So an easy way to do this is to go outside and, you know, you don't even have to go anywhere. Just go out on your front porch, look outside. How does it feel? What do you smell? What do you see? What do you hear? And that brings you to the present moment which means you're not thinking about anything. You're not thinking about the past and you're not thinking about the future. You're just being present. So it's a practice like meditation and yoga and all of these things are practices. And the more you practice that, the stronger and better you're going to get at it. Good, good, good answer. Um, and it's always a practice because you're learning how to be present instead of the future or the past, which uh, have less relevance for us with that. And just so you know, you are on United Public Radio Network 107.7 and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 on cable television Roku. You can tune into us there as well as YouTube and Facebook and on the UPRN website. And this is Becoming Quantum Conscious. And my guest today is Tina Kenny Clark. I'm Bart Sharp. And um, 
Tina sent me a couple of her stories, and uh, I wanted to read one of them uh, real quick. It's just a half a page, and maybe we can just kind of talk about this because I think it's a really good symbolic story of how this stuff works. So uh, this is about... Um, it starts with uh, my back Black Panther reassure me that someone with guardian energy like me is usually big and strong and gave me a red rose as a gift. I saw Grammy, Daddy, my aunt, and my cousin who all passed away. They were all heavy the way they were when they were alive. They each told me why they weighed so much. Grammy was an orphan, and she told me that not having parents, not fully feeling loved, and having an alcoholic husband contributed to her weight. Daddy explained, having an alcoholic father and not being cared for as a child contributed to his weight gain. My aunt was angry over being neglected. The pain of being daddy's girl and her father's alcoholism contributed to her weight gain. Also, she and my father felt that they were not nurtured enough by my Grammy, their mother. My cousin suffered from not having loving and encouraging parents and not being unconditionally loved. Suddenly, I held a large platter of resentments in my hands. Everything they refused to carry or heal themselves. I handed this platter to my grandmother and said, take your resentments back. And she passed the platter to my dad, my aunt, and my cousin. My cousin had one bitterness left and said, teen, that's Tina, I don't have any. Okay, there's one more left. Take it. Suddenly, I saw a fire beside me and instructed them to throw all of the resentments into the fire. They did, and they all shrank down and became thin. I hugged them all and returned to the tree. So, this is all interacting with people that have transitioned to the other side. Yes. And um, can you explain uh, how you saw how this would affect your life, their spirits, other family members? Yeah, I mean, um, I've struggled with my weight, too. And um, when I made that journey, I just wanted to figure out why, you know, and I knew it was connected to my family because they had struggled as well. So the beautiful thing about journeying is you can help your ancestors and they will come to you for help as well. And this is something that we can do in a body on earth. For some reason, we have great power as a soul in a body right now and, and spirit can only do so much. So they need us to do it in tandem with them. 
So um, I've had them come to me to help with certain things over the years. And, and this way they, they showed up to help me to figure out what this weight gain was about, where in this journey it was about resentments. And we needed to do a ceremony together, a fire ceremony to release those resentments. Hmm. So, so it was a lot about healing them for other lifetimes, but also about you and, and maybe your children. Yeah. Uh, just uh, a family constellation work, so to speak. Yeah, whenever we do family ancestral healing, it ripples backwards into the past and forwards into the future. So we don't even know the outreaching effects of it. And I think, I mean, what could be better than that, Bart? I mean, I just love family ancestral healing. Yeah, yeah. It breaks out patterns that go through generations. And I suspect, though, it even works in communities as well because it's, you're dealing with the collective consciousness. Right. So it affects everybody. Everybody's impacted because we're all connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful stuff. Um, it's almost like dealing in a, what I call it's like when I work in shamanistic work or do energy work in general, I always call it a holographic effect. Um, in, in other words, it's a very nonlinear world and it takes me to various places. It's almost like looking into a facet of a diamond and one facet takes me into one reality while the other takes me in the other. And um, if I resolve one of those areas, it helps the whole diamond, so to speak, uh, become more whole. And, and thus, there's more empowerment in my life. It just seems like whatever I want to do seems to be easier. It seems to come to me easier. Yeah, with journeying, you have a whole world open up to you. Um, one of the methods that I love to use for family ancestral healing is going to the ancestor where the problem started. Mm. So you go and find and meet that ancestor, find out what their challenges were and then you asked uh, or I asked them to participate in healing that within themselves and within the family line indeed uh, so that takes you on a journey and, and one person represents the entire family of not only their children but generations before that right Wow. And your spirit guides come along and whoever is needed seems to show up. Yes. Have you come into any times where you felt like something uninvited that didn't belong in this? I don't want to call it this predictable journey because nothing is predictable in those realms. But you know what I mean? It's like there is some predictability with it. Those surprises happen, but sometimes something comes in that doesn't belong there at all. Maybe something dark. Yeah, um, I have had encounters like that, but usually when I didn't 
invoke my angels and guides before I journeyed. Or if someone else was guiding me in a journey and they didn't do that. Mm. So for some reason, I have to be 100% every time prepared in the beginning. I need to give my angels and guides a heads up. I'm going to shamanic journey. I'm going to do a meditation. I'm going to do whatever I'm doing. And everything seems to be a lot better that way. And nothing shows up that doesn't need to show up. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you brought out a good point is that you ask them to join in. And if you don't, you do not have as much power. There's something to do with that request or that invitation that allows our angels or spirit beings or guides to come in. Otherwise they can't. Is that how you see it? It's like, I, I picture them being very busy, um, oh. multitasking. And, you know, imagine hearing all of the, all of the people's prayers and thoughts and requests at the same time and trying to sift through all that information. So I am, I imagine they're kind of busy and, <laughs> and when I need to give them a heads up, I need to say, Hey, I'm about to do a shamanic journey for Bart right here. And I need you here with me. Wow. And, and that gets their attention. They're like, Oh, okay. We're here. I think that's a part of higher dimensional awareness is that you can be at many places at once. And as we go to these sites in Southern Southwestern France, I'll go into caves or various places and it feels like there's spirit beings that are there within the rocks themselves. And like a part of the spirit is there as a, um, guardian and over or an overseer or something that magnifies the energy and i know it's a being it's not organic like coming up from the earth and always what i got from their interpretations is these beings can be at many places at once now i don't know what dimensional level you have to be to have that talent and ability but it sounds really interesting i think it's important it's part of the intention so it's important to state what you're doing, who whose help you want. And you know, as a shaman, your spirit helpers are everything. Your spirit, if you know, we couldn't do anything without them. So we have to state our intention and be clear, give them a heads up. So I when I teach Reiki, whenever I do Reiki, I call in my angels and guides. When I meditate, I call on my angels and guides. When I do clearing every single time. If I don't, something funky happens or something funky show, shows up that I don't want to see. So I always regret it when I forget. <laughs> you know, I'm like, shoot, I forgot. And then as quick as I call them in, everything kind of evens out and, and those things go away. And then I can continue with my work. Yeah. I see it also as like it's an empowerment of the energy. Just like um, if I'm working with another person, the two of us together focusing on the same intention makes it so much easier to do the work, stay focused, bring more energy into the situation, but also that applies with your spirit beings. It's, it's just a, a bigger energy funnel, so to speak. Oh, yeah. And I've real 
lies the power of working with others and in groups. And it's so much better. It's so much more enjoyable, even though I do enjoy it doing my own, but with others, it's like they're giving their energy too. And so it's even more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever work with anybody that uh, is resistant to uh, joining into that journey with that? Like, you know, I'm here because my girlfriend told me to be here and I, I, I'm not for sure about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had people like that. But, um, you know, even if we just sat down and talked, which a lot of people just need to talk. They, they just need to express their feelings and they need to feel safe to express them. Um, they get a benefit out of that because I'm really good at holding space for people and helping people express themselves mm -hmm. and help identify what they're struggling with and how to overcome it. Wow. And you can do your work over Zoom or whatever modal or internet modality. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I'm guessing I never heard you using a drum or anything like that. It's something else because there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. You know, I like to experiment, Bart. So one time I decided, hey, can I do a journey without any music? You know, I usually play drumming music, like um, not playing my own drum, but, you know, I'm playing a CD or MP3. So I decided, hey, I'm going to get in the, take a hot bath and I'm going to journey without any music and I could do it. So I actually don't need the music to do the journey. And I've also journeyed with Tibetan bowl music on the request of my student because he didn't like drumming music. So we tried different kinds of music with him. So um, yeah, you can journey with music or without music. I can speak for myself. Okay. Everybody's different. I, I never use music. I'm, I'm more like in this conversation and uh, I, mine has none of the dream stuff. I, I just feel the energy in a person where the limitation is and ask where the shadow is and go talk to the shadow. It's a very different concept than what you do. Um, and uh, it, it works. That's all I can say. Um, but it's it's different for everybody. There's a lot of different things. And so when you talk about your book, uh, Journeying into Spirit World, that's that's going to be released soon. What what do you want to teach the reader when they uh, uh, what was your intention to educate? I wanted to show the reader that the spirit world is a real. It's something that is around us all the time that is real, that we can, a place that we can go to and that we're not limited to places. For example, I've journeyed into the land of the ancestors. You know, I learned about the land. I was like, well, let me go and journey on it and see what it's like. And I met with some of my ancestors there. So it, it just shows you the ma how magical the world is and that we're multidimensional. We may be a physical being, but we're spirit and we can travel and we're not limited by time or space 
or location. And we can receive answers and guidance in these places. We can receive help. There's so much help out there. Wow. Uh, that, that sounds so wonderful. I'm just thinking about all the people that have a tough time with this reality. And, and if they could jump into this world, uh, it may give them just relief to know that, you know, they're part of a bigger picture, that there's so much stuff going on. And, and to me, that's reassuring that I'm just, you know, the, the more I make my own life smaller, actually, I think that's the better way to go. The humility gives me peace. It gives me self-love. Um, anyway. Um. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's fun. If you learn how to do this, if you get the right training and you practice, this is one of the funnest things I do. And I try not to do anything that's not fun in my realm, right? There's yeah. so many modalities, so many things we could be doing. We do the ones that we enjoy the most. Yes. And Tina has two teenage daughters, a, a husband. It's uh, looks like a normal family, actually. Lives on the beach, you know, or lives near the beach. And, uh, you know, uh, how, how does your husband handle this? Because he looks <laughs> like a real normal guy, like works in a corporation or something. Yeah, you know, he's an engineer by training, but he's used to it now. In the beginning, he had a hard time with it. And he would say, oh, you changed so much. And I said, I didn't. I just became more of who I really was. This is who I really was. So he, he got used to it. Um, he's a skeptic, but he's a believer now because he's heard so many of my stories so many of my clients changing, you know, healing. And so one day I said to him, hey, you believe me now? And he said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I was like, good. <laughs> I think I'll keep you then. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I try not to give him too much information because he starts, he gets this glazed look when he starts to get overwhelmed. Yeah. So I keep the deep woo for my best friends, you know, my tribe, the clients yeah. that are really, really open and used to it. And then I just, I share a little bit here and there with mm. him. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get it that, or at least in my own life, being a guy doing this type of work, it's very private for me. I, I, you know, my the people I work with, you know, they they they're right in with it with me. But beyond that, there's it's like, you know, I, I go back to doing whatever I do, you know, after after the session. And, uh, you know, it's it's there. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm kind of kind of in that that realm. Yeah, same thing with me. I'm still doing the 3D things. You know, I'm still cooking dinner and taking the kids to school, you know, but then I have this other side of yeah. my life. And, and even in those everyday tasks, I'm watching nature, I'm reading the signs and I'm paying attention. 
So it's all magical. My whole life is magical now. Yeah. Even when if I'm driving my daughter to school, I'm noticing the birds. I'm noticing the trees, um, my thoughts, my feelings. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's what really got me convinced to go into this consciousness stuff. Cause my teacher at the time, Gary Douglas of access consciousness, I asked him, you know, well, if, you know, we become fully actualized after we die, why don't we die and just get it over with, you know, and move on, go into the real fun stuff. And he goes, just think about how much fun it would be to experience all of these aspects of life, but be fully conscious and all the sensations and inputs and expansions of all it would be that people are dying to have those things in other worlds the way humans have them. You know, we are in a very unique situation being a human being because we have all of these options of pain, joy, love, sex, eating foods, uh, being poor, uh, being sad, being in joy. Uh, and they're all extraordinary experiences. So um, that's what con convinced me to like, you know, just jump off the cliff and get into this stuff fully. Well, I get the sneaking feeling that this is fun for us. You know, we'll be done with this lifetime. We'll get our review. We'll be like, wow, wasn't that amazing? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I don't I think I'd I miss it. I'm not one of these people that go, well, I'm never coming back. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, this is, you know, even in my years that I've had the most difficult times, I can be having the most extraordinary experiences you know, all in the same day or, or week or month. Um, and that's just a wonderful thing about life. And as we see about 2024, the lesson is, can you really focus on what you would like to create and all that fun and uh, have that experience? Yeah, yeah. So um can you tell us a little bit about this book that you're, this other book you've brought up? Uh, um, holistic Mental Health. Holistic Mental Health. That's just such a intriguing title. And, and weirdly enough, I find it kind of daring. And then what was <laughs> volume one like? If you've already volume two, it's like, oh. Yeah. Um, it's an anthology, what I call an anthology. So a group of 25 authors and we each write a chapter for the book. Um, and there's a lead author who's kind of in charge of it all and the publisher who helps us write and edit and promote um, the book. So it's been, I've really learned a lot about being a more engaging writer, mm -hmm. which I've always wanted to be more engaging. And um, it's fun. Like I said, you do group things and group activities are funner, they're better. And the connections you make are great. Mm, that's a big part of what the mental health is, is, is being out in communities a lot of times. Of course, right. there's some of us that love the hermit life, which has tons of benefits. 
but community is good, good as well. Yeah. And we discussed a lot of really good aspects about what holistic mental health is in just this interview, but is there any that we've missed that you'd like to share? Well, I know that um, my chapter of the book is about a personal story about how I overcome, overcame um, extreme PMS. And it's called PMDD. And <laughs> yeah. PMAD, okay. PMDD. Oh, PM, I thought it was like PMAD, like. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. So I talk. I write about, and all these are very personal stories and in these books, you know, the, the authors are sharing their experiences and how they overcame them. And for me, a meditation helped me heal that. And it's a meditation that I've used with many of my clients and for myself since. So that's what my chapter in the book is about. So you're, you know, it's a little scary when you're sharing all this personal stuff, but that's what people want to hear. They, that's, they want to learn about you. They want to learn like who you really are and how you've overcome yeah. things. Well, when I read books and I'm, I'm a big fan of these paper things that like are hundreds of little pages uh, as opposed to a computer. Uh, but there's something in the magic of the book that your energy is transferred when I read the story. I read for the energy uh, as much as the content. Uh, and I just become alive when I hear a concept that feels very profound. So hearing, you know, your stories are, are totally activate me. And you can imagine, and I don't know if you're like this, Bart, but when I read a book, I'm visualizing everything. Ooh, share. You know, when they're describing the person or describing, I have an image of the person. Ooh. So, and I'm not sure if people, others are like this. So I'll just speak for myself. It's, cool. it's, yeah. a, it's like you're journeying. Yeah. So I have always been this way. You know, I've always visualized everything like, it, I, I would kind of test my students. I said, they're clairvoyance. And I would say, okay, sunset. Tell me what you see. Do you see a sunset? What are the colors? What does it look like? And if they easily can do that, then they are clairvoyant. They're, they're visually talented. They can see things easily. Hmm. Wonderful. It is quite a challenge and it gives some insight to why you do the shamanic work that you do. Because and plus I had a very vivid imagination as a kid. I was very bored and I would imagine all sorts of stories and conversations and, and uh, yeah, because I was stuck in my little New York City apartment and I couldn't get outside without a chaperone. So I would play with my dolls and I, I had all sorts of conversations in my head with people, conversations that I wanted to happen. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought I, I always think everybody's like you, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cause I do not have any of those types of visions or, or a little bit. 
but it's all in sensations and messages. And I feel everything in vibrations and I manipulate the vibrations. Hmm. Uh, I get some of those sensations, but it's very uh, nonspecific. I, I don't have this rich visual and and I think for readers if, or, or listeners, if you're if you're going into shamanic work or you're curious about this stuff, know that you, you know there's lots of ways you can do it. And just yeah. like our, uh, this is a fascinating concept. Um, my guest last week, Karina Chrysler, with uh, astrological predictions of 2024, told me that she had learned a concept from her husband's grandfather, who's Egyptian. They've come from a long line of Egyptian uh, temple workers. Then that sounds juicy. Uh, and he was saying that he felt like there were 360 sensory systems within the body or outside the body or both, which to me is just like jaw dropping. So I've, I've been, exploring what those concepts were in my own meditation and activation time. Just good food for thought. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of this we do automatically. Yeah. Well, it whatever you're ready for shows up if you're willing and you're listening and you're open. Right. I mean, like I have all these talents, but you know, I'm not separating them out into segments they're all being used, you know, I'll pull on this or I'll pull on that. And, you know, you use your whatever knowledge and wisdom and talents you have right now. Exactly. But, you know, our culture, we like to label everything and separate everything, but they're actually not separate. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of them can't be labeled. They don't have, oh. we don't have words for them. Exactly. Exactly. It's so hard to describe this and because there's not a vocabulary for it. Indeed. Indeed. So I want to ask you one more, one last question. And uh, I want you to think about it. And I'm going to give my ending remarks while you think about it. You know, what message would you give to the listeners today? And while you're thinking about that, I like to say that we are with Tina Kenny Clark, uh, author of Journeying into the Spirit World and Holistic Mental Health, Volume 2. And you can get in touch with Tina at www.tinakennyclark. And that's K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. But that's tinakennyclark.com. Uh, you are on Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 107.7 and 105.3 out of the beautiful city of New Orleans. And we are being shown on Roku cable television. So that's why my hair is combed. And um, also on the UPRN website, Facebook. YouTube. And uh, next week, we have Ricardo Gonzalez on Cuanderoism, uh, which will be a wonderful show. He's been in the field for 35 years, knows a thing or two. And uh, 
my name is Bart Sharp. So, Tina, what would you like to share with the audience? I would like to share that we are in very intense times right now. Um, but I want everyone to know that we're here for a reason. Um, I know that I'm not here to fail. And so we are here to change the world. It's going to get better. But we need to release a lot of stuff first. And that's what's happening right now. So find your joy in any small moment that you can in any mindfulness practice if you can. And if you need help, reach out to Bart, reach out to me, reach out to somebody because there is a lot of options out there. Indeed. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tina. And uh, wishing you the best and wishing everybody the best and hope to see you next week on Becoming Quantum Conscious. Until then, we'll see you soon. Thank Bye -bye. you, Bart.